0: How many of you, I'm going to do a survey, how many of you, if there was something you could do that was easy to improve your mental health and
1: lengthen your life, you would do it? Anybody? Okay. Sounds too good to be true, maybe, but it's not. Listen to this. Harvard did a study on religious communities and human flourishing. Now, uh, let me tell you this, Harvard was started by Patrick as a pastor. Of Christian ministry? That is not what Harvard is to say. <laughs> today. Today, Harvard is the epicenter of paganism and postmodern racism. The thought that your race is the most important part of your identity. We can talk about that another day. So, I want
2: to say there is no process no sort of violence that can suddenly of in our heart. Does anybody think of that? If so, anything, the Bible should go down the list. This is what Harvard is or even there's Scroll in to Duvinde. What we mini a certain bit? We of depression.
1: Participation research
0: is that it suggests religious service attendance, rather than self-assessed spirituality, is the most powerful prediction of health and well-being. In other words, it's not calling yourself spiritual or calling yourself a Christian is actually going to church that makes this difference. Isn't that something? Because these days, it's popular to say
1: I'm spiritual but not religious. Or I don't know
2: if you go to church you want to hear that? But if you follow the science you the church to to
1: I'll give you an example. Let's talk about the afternoon TV. How many of you like to hit the snooze button? (laughs) Come on, come on, hands up one more time. Type in the comments. I hit snooze, okay? Listen, if hitting the snooze button was an Olympic sport, my wife would be a gold (laughs) medalist. No doubt about it. How do you, though, on the other hand, almost always wake up before the alarm clock goes off? Okay, yeah, that's, that's me. I hate alarm clocks. I hate alarm clocks so much that almost 100% of the time, my internal clock will wake me up five minutes before my alarm goes off. That's how much I hate it. I just oh my like I do not hit the steam button now. Now, here's another example. When you go to a restaurant, how many of you guys automatically get the healthier option? Okay, we got work to do. There's like three of you in this room. The rest of you are my disciples. <laughs> Come on, you get, the, you get the grilled chicken and the salmon and you get the vegetables. How many of you get food that actually tastes good? Okay, yeah, that's why people are right there, come on baby, deep fry that thing, put some butter on it, dip it in gravy, and eat it with a biscuit. (laughs) You know, I I grew up in church, so I developed a theory that where two or three Christians are gathered, there's two things there, there's Jesus and a fried (laughs)
3: chicken.
1: Why?
0: Why do we do the things we do? Why why do I hit the snooze button? Why do I jump out of bed? Why why do we order healthy pre, food or deep fried and delicious? Why do we tithe and put God first? Or why do we spend more money than we make? Why do we do what we do? Here's my first point this morning, and I hope you listen well. Number one, what you do is tied to your identity. What you do
1: is tied See your identity. You do what you do because of who you are on the inside. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 4.23, Keep your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. The NIV puts it like this Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do. What do you do?
2: What do, you do? i you. i to tell you. I'm going to and not going to a it a it was going it to a boy, it to It warns against alcohol, and it talks about the ways that alcohol has the power to ruin your life. It has that argument. Warns
1: how alcohol has the power to ruin your life. It's a great time to tell people to go home and read Proverbs twenty-three. Okay, but Proverbs twenty-three, verse seven says this: "For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Even drink, he says to you, but his heart."
2: With you. you. see, see this you know. person and he wants to that's all the and then to the identity model of decision-making. We
1: Three questions. Why three questions?
0: Okay, it's amazing that in a split second, without even realizing it, you ask yourself three questions. Here they are. Number one: What kind of person am I? What kind of person am I? The second question you ask yourself is: What kind of situation is this? And question number three: What would a person like I do in a situation like this? What would a person like me do in a situation like this? Say for example, you're walking down the sidewalk and the person in front of you drops their wallet. Mm-hmm. What kind of person am I? <laughs> am I going to snatch it and run? No. Am I going to take the money and run? Or am I the kind of person who's going to pick that up and say, "Here, you dropped this." Yes, that's right. What kind of person Am I? Am I the kind of person who makes somebody else look bad by gossiping about them? (laughs) Am I the kind of person that when I get in a tough spot, I'm going to lie to get out of that situation? You see, subconsciously, we ask ourselves, what kind of person am I? Am I the kind of person that when I'm hurt by somebody, I choose to forgive them? The kind of person when somebody does something shady, I give them the benefit of the doubt and believe the best in them. What kind of person am I? What kind of situation is this? What would a person like me do in a situation like this? As he thinks in his heart, so is he. Right. Your alarm goes off. Amen. What kind of person am I? <laughs> am I the kind of person who has snooze seven times? <laughs> snooze, act snooze, act snooze, act snooze. Act snooze. Or am I the kind of person who jumps out of bed and attacks my day? When somebody cuts me off in traffic. Oh, I could could stay here for a little while. I could just camp out on that one. I've seen some of y'all in the church parking lot. Somebody cuts me off in traffic. What kind of person am I? Am I the kind of person who likes fruit and is going to help them peel a banana? That's The rest of y'all
1: sanctified. So sanctified, you don't even know what that means. Are you gonna tell them that number one?
2: I'm trying to work and like, oh, I'm I the say, you know,
1: like to it, that is smell the donuts and then walk away and ask for help. Sometimes what I'll do is I'll go, eat, I'll go eat half a donut. Anybody, anybody eat half a donut? Come on, that's my strategy. And what I'll do is I'll go back later and eat the other half. And in my mind, it's somehow better that I split it up between, you know, of course of 10 minutes,
0: right? <laughs> what would a person like me do in a situation like this. I'll give you another example I was in line in a grocery store and the family in front of me, their car kept getting declined and I asked myself what kind of person am I? I could have gone either way because part of me said I'm the kind of person who's going to find another line because I've got to get out of here
1: oh don't look at me like you know thought that <laughs> but then deep down inside what kind of person am I? I'm a Christian what kind of <laughs> Hello. What kind of person am I? What kind of situation is this? What would a person like me do in a situation like this? So the first one is this: what you do is tied to your identity. Well, how come I can't change? Well, point number two, to change what you do, change how you view your identity. This is what we talked about last week. Real change is not behavioral modification. It's spiritual transformation. It's not just changing what we do on the outside. It's letting God transform who we are on the inside. So if you want to change what you do, you first have to change how you You, yourself. Have y'all noticed we tend to believe the negative stuff about us more than the positive? It's easy to believe the negative. And I think a big reason is that we're living in a world dominated by fear and negativity. The Bible says the whole world is under the influence of the evil one. And you need to know the devil has been lying to you your whole life from the day you were born. In John chapter 8, Jesus exposes the
0: devil and he also exposes those who refuse to hear the truth. John 8, 44. Jesus was a tough preacher, y'all. Some strong words coming from Jesus. He looked at the hypocrites and he said, For you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. Now this is the character and nature of the enemy of your soul. He has always hated the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Jesus looked at him and he said, so when I tell you the truth, you just naturally don't believe me. Isn't that the state of the world we're living in today? Any philosophy, any theory, any ideology is fine. But when you bring up the truth of Jesus... Riots ensue. But how often do we do the same thing in our own lives? Instead of walking in the truth, we embrace the negative, the doubt, and the fear. I can't help but wonder how many Christians are living a powerless life because they're still believing the lies the devil told them. You're so accustomed to the lies of the enemy telling you who you are not, how you cannot, and how you will not.
1: Stop believing the lies and start embracing who you are in Christ Jesus.
0: You've got to take those lies and replace them with the truth. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3 says this. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, Bringing every what? Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Those thoughts matter. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. Your thoughts of your heart determine who you are.
1: What do we do? We take those thoughts captive to the obedience. Thought, it to the do Don't live in the lives of the devil when Jesus is the truth that sets you free. This is why you have to change how you view your identity. Number three, distorted identity only brings destruction. trust. An identity only brings destruction. The, the devil comes after your identity and he targets who you are. Think about when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. The enemy came to tempt him, and what did he say? If You are the son of God. He came after his identity, and he does the same thing to you and to me. When you fall, when you fail, when you make a mistake, the devil doesn't come and say, you did a bad thing. He says, you are a bad person. See the difference? He doesn't tell you you had a failure. He tells you you are a failure. By the way, you no know Christian is perfect. Right. What anybody say? I'm still a work in progress. Okay, there will be mistakes made along the way. Sometimes we stumble and fall. But listen, just because you stumble the ball doesn't mean you automatically belong to the other team. Bible says that God is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Don't let the enemy distort who you are in Christ because a distorted identity brings
3: destruction.
1: If the devil can convince you that you're something you're not, he can cheat you out of God's blessings you in your life. I think about the twelve sides. Who were the two sides who said we could do it? What are the names of the other ten? Who cares? You want to be forgotten, be named. But the ten spies came out of the promised land and what did they say? We are like grasshoppers in all of us. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. The enemy robbed them of their identity. God had already given them the promised land. All they had to do was step into it. God promised it that it would be theirs that he would deliver it. their identity, rather than identifying themselves as conquerors in the land that God had given them, they said, we're just blessed. And you know what? They died in the desert. Seated out of God's promises, Joshua and Caleb said, we are more than able to take the land. Hallelujah. And they were old when they came back. And they conquered the land. Hallelujah. I heard a study, I read a study this week that says that the, the new peak performance in the life of an American adult is between 70 and 80. <laughs> Listen, identity theft is real. The devil's after your right identity. Don't fall from his trap. One of the worst things you can ever do in life is make a mistake or pick up a destructive habit and say, this is just who I am. Do not surrender your identity to the enemy. The devil always attacks your identity. Look at this generation. Look at the identity confusion that young people are facing today. That's why we have to stand on the truth and not compromise. Because the enemy is lying to people to destroy their lives. A distorted identity only brings destruction. The thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But aren't you glad Jesus brings life? What you do is tie to your identity. To change what you do, change how you view your identity. A distorted identity brings destruction. Number four is my last point. A redeemed identity brings life and freedom. A redeemed identity brings life and freedom. What is a redeemed identity? It's who you are in Jesus Christ. Is who you are as a child of God. My Bible says in Psalm one oh seven two, let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. We gotta redeem people in the house today. Hallelujah. What kind of person am I? I'm redeemed. You ought to say that every day of your life. God has redeemed me from the hand of the enemy. I don't belong to the devil anymore. I belong Jesus, I am redeemed. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature of all things have passed away. Behold, all things are become you. You are not who the world says you are. You are not who the devil says you are. You are not who people say you are. You are who God says you are. If you are new in Christ, if you trust in your life in Jesus, you are new creation. In God's eyes, your old oh, identity is gone. Everything that been made you, you want to change what you do? You got to change how you think. Drop those labels from your past because you are not the you you used to be. Come on, say this out loud: I'm not to me I used to be. Come on, I tell somebody, tell somebody, tell them I'm not the me I used to be. Come on, look at your second choice, and tell I'm not the of me I used to
3: be.
1: Come <laughs> so on, I want you to listen to this incredible verse in the New Testament. It. It's wrapped up in hope for you and me. First Corinthians six nine through eleven. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? This is the truth. This is the truth of God for you and for me for every generation. Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covenants, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, will inherit the kingdom of God. But don't miss verse 11. And such were some of you. But you were lost. But you were sanctified. But you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. I am not the Lord of you to be Jesus. me from here. Let go of that old identity. Let go of your past. You were new creation in Christ. All things that pass away,
2: the they are dead and buried.
1: She died. She died. That used to be me, but I'm not the me I used to be. <laughs> Let me tell you something, I've been sanctified. I've been washed. I've been sanctified. I've been justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and the Spirit of my God. That old person is dead and gone. Somebody's labeled you and you'd embrace it. In your mind, you are nothing but an addict, won't never be nothing but an addict. Let me tell you something. If any man be in Christ Jesus, new creation, old things have passed away. All things have become new. You. you are not who you used to be. You are a new creation be in Christ Jesus. I had a, I had a roommate in college. Just imagine going to the super liberal school. and just happened to have a Christian roommate. Old Baptist Brother. God bless. Somebody say God yeah, he saw so winners. I love them. But he would have the say He would all, all the time. He said, I'm just a sinner. I'm just a sinner. Say it like that. Oh, boy. By the time I got done with him, by the end of that first message, he's where I fell back. I am the righteousness of God. And I am a child of the Most High God. time. I'm a king of God. <laughs> You're not the anymore. God is taking
2: you out of God. God is you more.
1: All
0: right, that's point number four. We're taking medicine. It's 10, 15, All right. you think I'm going to take medicine. <laughs> I'm not the me I used to be. Let go of that oldenance. John eight thirty-six 36 says, As He whom the sun sets free, is free indeed. That means you're really free. Amen. You're truly free. You can go around telling people I'm free. I Second Corinthians 3:17, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We serve a supernatural God. There is nothing He cannot do in your life. Amen. You know the greatest miracle of all, I've seen people delivered, I've seen people healed, I've seen cancer fall off of people's faces, I've seen a leg grow out. The greatest miracle God ever did was saving your soul.
1: Because when you put your faith in Jesus, He took something that was spiritually dead and brought it. all times. Amen. Hallelujah. People might try to push you down, but get the He will live from God? He'll take you where you could go on your own. You don't have to figure it out. All you have to do is believe God, and He'll open doors that nobody can open. He'll set doors that no man can open. Hallelujah. No, from the back to the front, He says, "My mercy is better than to mistake." I can still keep your destiny out to you beauty for action. Not let you go. For well, the wrong, the enemy did it wrong. What you lack, God has. What when you when can't, God heals. What you're not, God heals. Hallelujah. If a distorted identity breaks destructive the habits, then Jesus centered identity breaks God's habits. When I look at the life of Jesus, you know, he's a test,
2: our example, right? He is the post of Christianity, correct? When I look at the life of Jesus, I see that God habits that He had in His own life. Jesus was minister to multitudes of people. He was healed of He was crucified. He was the he to What
1: did Jesus do? Did He go on and watch Netflix? Did He yeah. take a warm bath? They turn to wine for some reason. Anybody <laughs> <They might, laughs> take it like that? Like,
2: like. Did he sink it in again
0: What kind of situation is this? I'm tired physically and emotionally exhausted. What does a person like me do in a situation like this? I get along with God and pray. I want you to see this. Jesus wasn't trying to to pray. He was a person who prayed. Do you see the difference? A distorted identity brings destructive habits. A Jesus-centered identity brings godly habits and those godly habits reinforce your godly identity. Right. Who am I? I'm a person who prays. Luke 21, 37. Every day Jesus went to the temple to teach, and each evening he returned and spent the night in that Olive. <laughs> What did Jesus do? He would go to the Mount of Olives overlooking the valley of the city of Jerusalem and he would pray and get along with God. Yeah. Luke twenty-two thirty-nine. 39, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him. So how do I change? You start with who before do. Instead of focusing on what you want to do, decide who you're going to become. Will I live in the shadow of my past or will I embrace who I am in Christ? Will I be a slave to the lies of the devil or will I walk in the freedom of who God says I am through his word? Will I follow the world around me or will I be a godly influence to those around me? Who before do? What do you want to become? Maybe you say, I want to be a mother or father who's fully present with my family. Maybe you say, I want to be a teenager or a young adult who's sexually pure because I found purity in Jesus. Maybe you say, I want to be a man of God who will lay down my life to serve my wife and my children. Maybe you say, I'm somebody who's sober and is a testimony to the power of Jesus to change lives. Who do you want to become? Who comes before do? Because a Jesus-centered identity brings godly habits and then those godly habits reinforce your identity in Christ. I'm almost done, but i got to tell you this. I read this recently, and it really stood out to me. Somebody said, every action you take is a vote for the type of person you want to become. No single instance will transform your beliefs, but as the votes build up, so does the evidence of your new identity. Amen. Isn't that powerful? Amen. If you say I'm a mother or father who is present and fully engaged with my family, then every time your phone dings and you ignore it, you're reinforcing that new identity, not only to yourself, but to your family. If you say, I'm a Christian who loves the word of God and reads the Bible every day, every time you do, that's another vote in favor of that identity in Christ. Godly habits reinforce your godly identity. So don't vote for Pedro. Vote for a new you in Christ Jesus. Hello. Come on. Before you know it, you change the way you see yourself. And when you change the way you see yourself, you start walking out your faith in a real way. Amen. It's not behavior modification. It's spiritual transformation. Ephesians 4.21 says this. Since you've heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former one well, He's talking to believers here. He's talking to us, y'all. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new new, new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. This Christian life is about daily trusting God, daily throwing off that old identity, daily embracing who He created us to be. I talked this morning about a redeemed identity, but maybe you're listening to me and you don't have that. Maybe you're listening this morning and you don't have a new identity in Christ. Maybe sin has wrecked your life. Maybe sin has broken you. Maybe maybe this world has beaten you down to the point of you've lost hope in life. I want you to know this morning, there is hope and freedom in Jesus. There is hope in Him. He will give you a new beginning. He'll give you a new, He'll take that brokenness in your life and make something new out of your life. Salvation doesn't start with the outward. It starts in your heart. It starts with your inward identity. It doesn't start by getting dumped in water or cleaning up your act. It doesn't start by joining church. It starts with your heart. Romans 10 says this, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. God will transform you from the inside out. I've heard far too many people say, I'll come to church and I'll serve God once I get my life together. It doesn't work that way. That's right. You come to Jesus just the way you are, and he will change you from the inside out. Will you close your eyes for just a moment? Let's take a moment and just pray and see God. Lord, I pray. Lord, for the person here, God, who's lost hope. God, I pray for the person listening. Lord, they don't know what to do. They don't know where to go. God, they are broken, and they desperately need you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, that you love them. That you care for them. God, you know them by name. And God, I thank you for your unconditional love. Lord, you said in your word that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lord, we understand that you gave your very best. God, when we were at our worst, we didn't deserve forgiveness. We didn't deserve mercy. God, you gave your everything for us. And God, I pray for them this morning. God, that they would put their faith and trust in Jesus today. Lord, and they would allow you. God, to touch those broken areas in their life. Lord, that they would allow you, God, to step in and transform them, God, from the inside out to fundamentally change their identity today. God, as they put their faith in you. If that's you this morning, I want to lead you in just a simple prayer just to help you start your journey of faith in God. And I want to ask everybody in this room this morning in just support of them, will you pray this prayer out loud together with me? Dear Jesus. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe in you. Save me. Set me free. Give me a new identity. Be the Lord of my life. And Jesus, with your help, I'll live for you. With your help, I'll follow you the rest of my life. In your name I pray. Amen. Can we stand on our feet and celebrate this morning? Come on, if that's you, if God has transformed your life, will you just shout, Jesus is Lord? Jesus Come on, shout it out, Jesus, is Lord! Jesus, Jesus Lord! is Lord! Jesus is Lord! Come on, give God praise this morning.